0: Hello, friends. Uh, it's good to see you. Grace and peace to you. Um, I'm excited that you are here. It's getting colder. It's getting a lot colder. In fact, it, today it's kind of actually hotter than it has been, but still feels like horribly cold. it's like the type of cold that gets in your bones and it won't go away f- until April. Um, and so it, it's g- good that we're all experiencing this together at the same time. And uh, in fact, um, there are those times that whenever your body feels something as you're sleeping, it'll translate that you know, into your, your dreams that you have. And, and my son, uh, the other morning, he got up and he was just sad. He was just like, he was super sad. And I said, hey, buddy, what's going on? You know, and he's like, dad, I just had a really bad dream. And I thought, okay, he had a bad dream. He probably dreamt about something horrible and scary. You know, that's what kids dream about. And I asked him to tell me about your, his dream so I could just say but that isn't true. Those things don't exist at all. And, and so he started telling me about the dream he had. He said, I was at school on a Friday, and, and, and I was you know, out just waiting to get picked up. And parents were coming and picking up their kids. And all of my friends were going and, you know, kid by kid being picked up. And you didn't ever come. Uh, But you never came. And then the school was empty and I was there by myself. And then it got cold and it got dark and I had to sleep there alone. And you never came. And that was his bad dream. And at first, I was like, it was a heartbreak. As a parent, you're like, where did that come from? You know, is there any truth to this? You know, and it's like, you know, Zion, this isn't true. That'll never happen. I'll always come for you. Like, you know, Zion, do you know, like, how I feel about you? And I'm thinking about you. you at school all the time, right? You know, like, you know, and hear my heartbeat, you know, I'm, I'm like telling him all these things like how I adore him, and I'll always be, you know, I'm coming early all the time, you know, and, and he says, Dad, I I understand that, but sometimes I just forget, you know, sometimes I just forget. And that there was something that was so profound in that idea of Dad. I understand that, but sometimes I just forget. Um, that I think um, that that is a very common sentiment that, that 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 just people have. Like like we as people, we know the truth. We know how God feels about us. We know about the truth of the gospel. We know about. Easter and we know about Christmas and we know the story of grace and salvation but we're also human and forget it all the time it's so easy to forget the truth of God it's so easy to forget that God is here in fact as soon as I proclaim God is here I forget it you know, in the upcoming sentence because I've moved on it's easy to forget the truth of the glory of God and his kingdom. That is why I find so much joy in the church calendar. The church has a calendar that, that the ancient church has kind of like honed in on and abided by for the past 2,000 years years. That's a really long time. And Christmas is a part of that church calendar. It happens every year right? Um, and so does Easter every year. It's a part of the church calendar. Purim, um, Pentecost, church calendar, the, you know, All Saints Day, church calendar. Every year the church has these things that we come into on a pattern, and Advent is a part of the church calendar. It's a four-week time period before Christmas, and it celebrates, and it it, it kind of teaches about the coming of Christ. And who celebrates it? The church. And so it's kind of funny because you would think, you know, don't we already know about the coming of Christ? We do this every year. But the thing about Advent is it assumes that you forgot. Advent assumes that you haven't been perfect. Advent assumes that you forgot Easter. Advent assumes that you are human. And the church calendar kind of picks us up throughout our human experience and says, don't forget. Don't forget about the promises of God. Don't forget about joy. Don't forget about peace. Don't forget about hope because I know you have. And so we're in this season that it's colder and it's darker and it's it's like the perfect time for Christmas because we often, in times kind of like this, forget. And to, to today we're in the sermon series. It's an Advent sermon series called Everything is New because it's kind of this paradox, especially around Christmas, Christmas time that we've done this before, we've heard this before, but have we truly understood it? Have we truly embraced it? And we are talking about the ancient topics of Advent, the topic of hope, and today we're talking about the topic of peace. So um, today our passage is coming from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, so if you have your Bibles, please turn them Luke chapter 2, but if you do not, they'll be up here on the screen. So as a congregation, can you help me out here as we say this together? And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Can you imagine that? First of all, this... Angel appears to shepherds, and as he's talking, a host of you know, angels comes up behind the other angel because the other the, their angel is not glorious enough that there has to be hundreds of other ones that begin to praise God, glory to God, glory to God in the highest, and peace to you on whom God's favor rests. Can you even imagine hearing God's favor is upon you? Because often I have this idea that God's angry at me or God's you angry at the earth. So he sends, do you know what I'm saying? But here from the beginning, it's like the angels are proclaiming God's favor is for you. God's favor is upon you and peace is here. And today's topic is peace. And the typical Advent passage for today is that passage, and it's on peace. And so, so whenever we as people talk about peace, what is the thing that you think it is? What is peace? How would you define peace? Because for centuries, peace has defined the church. Peace has defined the gospel here in our country, we often would define peace by saying peace is the absence of conflict. or Something like that. Something, um, or it is this, this calm feeling that happens, you know, when everything is okay. Uh, so I got on Facebook and I posted a post for some help. I said, fill in the blank, peace, is. And then I got 140 people that kind of helped fill in the blank. Here's what peace kind of is. And and this comes from people at Christ Community. And the answers are all going to pop up on here. And there were some fantastic responses um, that people had about peace. For instance, someone said, peace is being able to go to the bathroom without the toddlers banging on the door saying, mommy, mommy, can I please come in? There are other people who said peace is the presence of God. Peace is knowing that you're atoned for. Peace is knowing that you didn't do it by yourself. Peace is knowing Jesus personally. Peace is... watching a football game with a cold b- beer in your hand. Whoever said that, I don't know. Anyway, um, so there were like like hundreds of responses of, of peace is the presence of God. Peace is the glory of God. Peace is knowing you did not do it. Peace is ambiguous. Peace is confusing. Peace is on and on and on and on. And so as I was, first of all, I was just like, wow, there's a bunch of people that responded on this topic of peace. Then I started to think, Posting that did not help me at all understand what actually peace is because those were actually bad answers. Um, because I thought the thing, the thing I started to think was, you could plug in anything there, any attribute of God at all. Like hope you know is knowing the presence of God. Hope is is knowing that He has atoned for you. Hope is and or joy is being able to go the Bathroom and you don't have your toddler banging on that door. Joy, you know, and and, and grace, you know, could fit into all all the promises of God could fit into this post, and so it kind of brought up this question: What is peace? And so, so as I started thinking about the post, and as I started thinking about peace, the thing that is true is that grace. Fits into the first breath of peace. Um, whenever we think about what peace is, somehow, very ethereally, peace is caused by it's like the byproduct of grace, or it holds hands with grace, or it's like the Dance partner of grace. Wherever there is a ton of grace, there is a ton of peace, and they go together. All those posts on Facebook is like, I've experienced grace and peace. Grace and peace—they're like dance partners. Um, for instance, like, um, so I had been um, snowboarding like a super long time ago. I am—you go on a chairlift. Going up. And so as I'm going kind of up this chairlift, there's this ski instructor who's probably from. Sp- Bane or something. He has this, like, this very cool accent, and he has the curly hair, and he is teaching these two tiny kids how to ski. But you're able to tell, like, he's good at skiing, you know, he's getting paid to teach people, and he's teaching these kids, and I'm going on this ski lift, but the thing that the, the kids are doing is they're opening up their skis, right? But this guy has no idea how to teach kids at all, and so he's getting angry that the kids are, are separating their skis and they're going to the different directions. So I'm on this chairlift and I'm gazing down and he's like, no, no, your skis are like lovers. They go together. They want to be as close as possible. If you have this ski, you get this ski. They're like lovers. They want to be together. And in my head, I'm like, you have five-year-old kids and they don't know what lovers are. They're like parents. They want to be together. And, um, this is like grace and peace. They hold hands. They're dance partners. They're like lovers. Wherever you find a ton of grace, you find a ton of peace. And so so in the church too, the idea of Grace, it is a very ambiguous term, but it shouldn't be because the church is all about grace. Like, this is our thing. We capitalize on God's grace. So I thought if we're going to talk about peace, we need to talk about God's grace first so we have a firm foundation of the thing we're talking about. This is how it works. Um, So turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, please. Uh, Chapter 12, verse Fine. It's gonna also be up here. So as a congregation, here we go. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Through wait, therefore I will not I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest in me. The church is built on the ever. Lasting, perfect grace of Jesus Christ. The church is, is like built upon the fact that we're not able to ever be the thing that we hope to be. That we are broken, that we cannot fix ourselves. And through the atonement of Jesus Christ, that he came to earth, he was perfect, and he died on the cross. That the, This was the essence of God's grace, giving us the fulfillment of everything that you strive to be. Grace says that the things that you have always wanted to be, you already are. Grace says the things that you... You desire most and you try to prove he has already given. Grace says we don't have to play the points game anymore. Grace says you don't have to fight for it. Grace says you don't have to pay for it. Think about in the terms of grace at its core. Um, Think about someone who does, for instance, we will say that person, she moves with such grace. What does that mean? It means she's not fighting for it. Her movements are smooth, um, that it just flows. It's natural. Grace says you're not fighting. Grace says you can sit there. And the only thing that you have to do is say thank you. There are many of us that are striving, that are working, that, 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 are, are, that are insides are trying to create who we've always wanted to be. And grace says, I've done that for you. Say thank you. Grace is this posture of sitting or kneeling, and it is a posture of, I don't have to understand for it to be in effect. Grace is this beautiful posture of the work has already been done. Grace says, whatever you're trying to do, I can do it. Grace is the essence of the church. It comes from beyond you. Grace transcends the place that you are in. It is at its core, it's a Gift. It's this term, "cyrus." It's a gift. It's given. It can't come from you. It comes from something bigger. It comes from the heartbeat and the desire of God. It is rooted in the fundamental idea that you can't obtain it. This is grace, and this is what, at the core, is the heartbeat of our church. People often talk about. Grace is being exuberant and huge. And some people even get angry about it. I've heard people say, Oh, that person is just taking advantage of God's grace. That's the glory of it. You can take advantage of God's grace. God's grace is this posture that you sit in and you say, Thank you. Grace is the dance posture or the dance partner of p- peace all throughout the Bible. In fact, and all throughout history, there's this b- blessing that people say at the beginning of church. They say, grace and peace to you. And typically at the end, of a service, a traditional service. They all say, mm-hmm. May the, peace, the, the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. Wherever you find grace, you find peace. May the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus be upon you. And in fact, whenever Paul is talking to anybody in the book of Ephesians, Philippians, <laughs> romans corinthians corinthians you know i mean all of them he'll start out each time grace and peace to you because grace when it is given to someone it says you're able to just sit down you're able to rest in it stop striving just say thank you There are many of us who are burnt out and tired and should assume the posture of just accepting God's grace because it's hard to be human. The dance partner of grace is peace. And that's today's, like, our whole point is peace. And grace points towards peace. So here's the passage that I'm going to focus on about peace. It comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 54. Here we go. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. From the beginning of the Bible, there's this covenant of peace. And the term peace, whenever it's talking about in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it doesn't mean the absence of conflict. In fact, it could even just be the opposite of that. In fact, in fact. Peace is a very potent term. You all have heard it. Shalom. Everyone say shalom. Shalom. Um, peace is shalom. And, and when someone says sh- shalom, there are different contexts for this to, to happen. It could be hello or goodbye. Um, hello, shalom. Or goodbye, shalom. Or or whenever you in the church, whenever you go in the Catholic church, that they'll often say, peace be... W- with you, shalom, and it's this blessing that we give people. Also, shalom means this holistic idea of health and fullness. Um, So shalom is not the the absence of conflict, because that's impossible. There will always be conflict. But shalom is this, this wholeness and health in three different components. Here's the three components that Shalom proclaims, that that, that you have peace within you. So you're at peace with your own self and that you have peace with each other and that you have peace with God, right? Um, It's proclaiming this idea that you are at peace. Because there's this idea, if you are at peace, you have something to give. I'll explain this a bit more. The idea that you are even capable about being at peace in your own skin, at peace in your own soul, and at peace with who you are, is a really big idea. Whenever someone goes to counseling, that's the goal. That's the goal is to like, what am I trying to, I'm trying to achieve this idea of my own understanding of who I am, who God has created me, and where am I going? How many of us have answered this question, who am I, and where am I going, and why am I built like this, and why do I think, and a bunch of us in this room can't stand ourselves. A bunch of us are angry at who God has created us to be. A bunch of us spend so much time trying to reconcile who we are and who we think we should be. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ brings peace within ourselves because our Father is constantly telling us our identity. And is telling us our purpose. He himself brings peace within us so that we can be at peace with each other. Whenever you understand the grace of Christ and how much he adores you and what he has done for you, and not only done for you, but adopts you, and, and how the price has not only been paid, but you are in fullness. He constantly is speaking good things to your soul, and when you can hear it and you grasp on to how he sees you compared to how you see, our, see yourself, it brings peace within, because God sees you, and you are important, but a bunch of us will just bury it and hide it and try to plow through whenever shalom enters your heart, it pushes you forward because when you're at peace within you, you then begin to seek peace with each other. Peace with each other is a global phenomenon. It is a global phenomenon. There is conflict, not only physical conflict, but mental conflict and spiritual conflict that that shalom speaks into. Shalom says it is possible. It is possible because grace is here. It is possible because God is the expert on forgiveness and you have been forgiven and you have experienced God's grace and you have said thank you. And because of this, you are drawn to move and seek wholeness and health with everyone around you. It pushes you forward to seek reconciliations with not just the people that you already know, but with everyone you do not know. Shalom is movement. Furthermore, shalom from. peace with God. And when we talk about the shalom peace with God, there's this movement, there's this continual pattern of the thing that happens just not you and God are not in conflict. In fact, it's the the opposite. It's like you and God are lovers. You belong together. You're close wherever he is, you are. It's like shalom is the, the two skis together. And when they're close together, you move fast together. Because you are experiencing wholeness, shalom, in your soul, and you're, you're promoting shalom everywhere you go. And you and God, because you've experienced grace, you keep your skis together. And where he is, you are. Shalom is this idea that that isn't just the exp- Experiencing on the inside, but it's on the outside. Shalom comes from this, this term called shalem, and shalom you know, is to pay for. It's very similar to the definition of grace, right? Shalom, to pay for. It's shalom, to, to, to experience wholeness and fullness you know, inside, externally, and with God. Shalom says that there is is work to be done. Um, this is very di- different from our idea of w- what peace is. Like, like typically would say, peace is to exhale. Like, oh, I'm at peace. But in Hebrew tradition, this isn't true. In fact, they would say that grace is the exhale. Grace is the p- posture. Oh, thank you. But peace is the inhale. Right? Because when you exhale, there's always the promise of the inhale. And the point of inhaling is to fill your body with oxygen, right? Filling your body with oxygen so your heart can beat, so you have the energy of something to give. This is what your life is about. Shalom is like part. Verb. It's just not something to be experienced and defines a feeling. Shalom is this idea that you have a fire within your soul, and if you don't do something about that fire, that shalom, that you are going to combust. It is this idea that you've been sitting down, and there's a fire in your bones that you have to move. Have you ever? Felt qualified. And have you ever felt like you have this idea, these, th- these callings, these perceptions of something that you absolutely have to do, but then you don't do anything ab- about it at all? It drives you crazy. It's the opposite of peace. This is why shalom is not just sitting there because shalom is the byproduct of grace and grace gives you everything. And if you sit there in grace for too long, you're just gonna spontaneously combust because everything has been done and you are in this posture when shalom beckons you It's like the whole earth is on fire and you have the fire hose to put it out. This is what Shalom does. And this is what Shalom beckons and calls. You see, the great the p- peace that is given to you, and the peace that is given to the church, and the peace that is given to everyone, is not a peace that's apart of apart con- from conflict. It's not apart from divorce or heartbreak. It's not something that that, that will t- t- take your bank. <teokbokki> Away, it's not something that's going to cause you know, the end to your financial burdens. What the grace of the Lord Jesus is, and what the peace of God is, that has been given to you, as it says that the life that Jesus offers is deeper, and it's wider, and it's bigger, and it's more beautiful than you have ever imagined, and that the final word. The final word about you and your situation and your pain and your finances has not yet been said. This is the peace. It's being in the school parking lot and it's getting cold and no one is there, but you know without a shadow of a doubt that you know, that you know, that you know that your father is coming. And he's not only coming, but he's bringing a party at the same time and you wait in peace. This is what's happening with the advent of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus himself is the act of shalom. God at some point said, this separation, this thing between God, me and people, it's not okay. There's this fire within my bones. There's this fire within my soul that if I don't do something, I'm gonna combust. And so he sends his son to earth in the act of shalom. This is doing something. He is the essence of peace, the action of peace. It's just not something to sit in. God has always been a God of grace, but the shalom brought it into effect. It's the living, it's the dying, it's doing it. It's the dance partners, it's the skiing, it's going places. So the question is, is, is the grace that you're experiencing bigger than you? Is the grace you're experiencing more than you can comprehend? Because if it's not, you're probably not experiencing it to fullness. You know what I'm saying? Is the grace that you're experiencing coming from somewhere bigger than you? Is the peace... You're experiencing coming somewhere bigger than you. Does it transcend the place you are in? Does it go beyond the understanding that you have? Does it fuel the fire within your soul? Because this is what is offered During this season and forever, grace and peace, grace and peace. So, there are some of you here who just need to sit in a posture of receiving God's grace. You're tired, you've been there, you've done that, you're burnt out. Beautiful. Sit there. Say thank you. Do that today, tomorrow, for a week, for a year, the rest of your entire life. Praise be to God. There are some of you who just need to sit, be still, stop striving, stop performing. Just say thank you. There are some of you who are sitting in your seats and you've been antsy for a really long time and shalom speaks to you. It says these things that you dream of, that you speak of, that, that are inside of your soul just shaking saying, do something with me, that didn't come from you. That's from God. This is shalom may you be people of action may you bring the peace of the lord jesus christ shalom and grace shalom and grace these two are perfect dance partners and this is the essence of the harpy of the church and this is why from the beginning of the church there's the blessing of grace and peace, just chill out, just go and be, grace and peace to you, that these are not just simple concepts to say and get over with, but they're actually things that are saying, it's okay, sit down, or you have something, go and be. At the same time, this, these are like the two feet of Christ, grace and peace. So, Christ Community Church, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. May you accept his grace to the fullness. May may you quit playing the points game. May you quit performing. And may you embrace the shalom of Jesus within yourself, with others, and with him. May you know that you were created for a big purpose and calling. And know your dreams, you can trust them because they didn't come from you. Please accept this prayer. I want to pray over you. Christ's community, may you be people who sit in the grace of God. May you feel comfortable in putting down everything you're trying to do and just breathe. Christ Community Church, may you know that you are loved and adored and that the price has been paid. And may you experience shalom, the feeling that comes when you know that you know that you know that your father is here. May you embrace the truth of the gospel and the inheritance that you have. And may you also become people who proclaim grace and peace to each other. In Christ we pray. Amen. I'm still here. Um, So something I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to do is this very ancient practice that the church has done uh, for quite a long time. It's called the passing of the peace. Um, And it typically happens at the beginning of a church service that people just go and they shake hands and they say, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Um, But the thing I'm going to bring you back to is the point of it. Um, So whenever the peace is passed or peace is is proclaimed to someone else, there's this bestowing. It's the don't forget, don't forget. It's like the Advent season, right? Don't forget that grace and peace are yours. And so the thing that we're gonna do is have a brief amount of time um, just to go around to as many people as possible and you're going to take their hand and you're going to shake their hand and you're going to stare them in the eyes, right? You're going to stare them in the eyes and you'll say, grace and peace are yours, Right. And the eye contact is really important because if you are able to say that to like 20 different people and to not have your heart turned inside out, I don't know if you have one, you know, like, like you, like the church is all about heart and love. And, and so go around. I'm going to invite you all to st- Stand up and go to as many people as possible. Shake their hand and say, grace and peace are yours. And look them in the eyes and mean it. All right, here you go. Go for it.